The disciples said to Jesus in the boat, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Plaintive words that seem to speak of the great trauma that rocked our nation this week with the news coming out of Charleston. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? The great tempest around us, rooted in racism and cultivated by pundits and the media and political debates, swirled around us again this week. How do we speak? How do we even begin to think and pray about what happened in Charleston? Yesterday, I was getting ready to go to a wedding, and I was sailing out the doors of the fireside room. And heaven only knows why he thought I was an Episcopalian. I was dressed in my funny clothes. <laughs> but a man driving up the road in his truck stopped in the street and rolled down his window and said, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. He said, what is the African Methodist Episcopal Church? <laughs> I gave him a brief answer, but was driven by curiosity back to do a little bit of research to remember and discovered yet again our common history. It goes back to the end of the 18th century when two slaves bought and paid their way to freedom. Absalom Jones and Richard Allen and they joined St. George's Methodist Church in Philadelphia and started to bring in black members from all over. The vestry at St. George's Methodist Church was taken aback. And so without consulting with them, they segregated them to another time and another place for their worship. And so Richard Allen and Absalom Jones led their faithful flock out of St. George's and decided to begin to found black churches. Richard Allen started by founding a black church and would later on become the first bishop of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Absalom Jones joined the young Episcopal Church of the United States and became our first African-American priest. Common roots, common history. But that history reflects the collective chagrin that we all share that Sunday morning remains one of the most segregated days of the week in our country because the black churches in the Episcopal Church had to continue to gather and meet, knowing that many churches throughout this country, and indeed in the South, stayed segregated for much of the 19th century and perhaps even into the 20th century. That is part of our history, our common heritage. 
how then do we begin to address the tempest around us? How do we begin to set aside our privilege? As I watched on Facebook, many of my colleagues wrestle with what do I say on a Sunday after an event like this? And recognizing that we who are European-American and otherwise not black don't have to say anything if we don't choose to. Our African-American sisters and brothers don't have that choice today. How do we set aside our privilege enough to address this common storm? We are like those boats on the lake with Jesus in today's story in Mark. And in fact, it's an image that was not lost on our ancestors. The word nave, where you all are seated, has the same root as naval or navy. There is a sense in which our congregation and this building is a boat on the lake in the midst of the storm, and there are other boats with us struggling with the same tempest. I can offer you today perhaps a few hints of grace that come out of our readings and the witness that we have seen this past week. I began by going back to this remarkable story from 1 Samuel. Remarkable because it has this sort of ancient flavor about courts of a bygone era and kings and prophets and great heroic acts. Some of you will remember from last week we heard the story of Samuel who goes to Bethlehem and anoints David to be the next king over Israel. Saul is starting to lose his grip in many ways and Samuel sees, as it were, the writing on the wall. Saul's days are numbered as king and the Philistines have been dominating the area for at least a generation. And Israel has been cowering in their shadow. And so between that story and today's is the story that we all learned when we were small, and that is the story of David and Goliath. David takes down the great warrior Goliath, and the, leaving the Philistines in disarray. So overnight, David becomes a national hero. And Saul brings him then in today's story into his court. But Saul also realizes, if he didn't realize it before, that his days as king are numbered. He begins his descent into madness. And so David is suddenly caught up in this tempest in the court where his life is under threat. Where is he to turn? And of course, in the midst of that is this story about David and Jonathan, a story that my brother Tobias Holler calls the most beautiful love story of all of Scripture. Because Jonathan had every reason to hate David. David's ascendancy threatened Jonathan becoming the successor, you see, to his father. 
And yet what he does in today's story is he takes off every piece of his privilege, everything that represents his power and his authority and his inheritance, and he gives it to David freely, a self-offering. Now the nature of Jonathan and David's relationship has been of much debate for a very long time. In the Christian tradition, at least going back as far as St. Chrysostom, and maybe further, there's been wondering whether their relationship was more than a friendship, but even perhaps romantic. And even the early Hebrew texts, probably put to paper in their current form in the 6th century BC, are strangely marked. And in fact, some letters in the text disappear at appropriate moments. So you can see a redactor uncomfortable with the story as it was handed down, making sure to keep things euphemistically couched. Or maybe even we just won't say that bit. But nevertheless, regardless of what the nature of their relationship was, the early rabbis in the Mishnah talk about how the relationship between Jonathan and David is of a perfect love because it is a love of self-offering without regard for consequence, without regard of power, an unusual love, a love that all of us who are called to love in this life, whether it is in friendship or in marriage or in family, all of us are called to aspire to that love, setting aside privilege and power and welcoming in the stranger, even if that person might be a perceived threat. Think of our brothers and sisters this week in Charleston who welcomed in a stranger to their Bible study, perhaps even being aware that he posed some kind of threat. But their love for him was greater than their fear. Jesus in the boat with his disciples in the midst of the tempest, showing that love can calm the storm even in the midst of bewilderment, even in the midst of only a fragile faith. Paul urges the church in Corinth in the same way, reminding them, reminding them that the time for faith and action is not tomorrow or next week or next month or next year even, that they are called to this new life in the gospel now. Now is the acceptable time, he says, them, says to them. Now is the day of salvation. And so the last image I want to leave with you this week as we reflect on this horror that we all share and the hope that we all wish to cultivate is the image of members of Mother Emanuel Church showing up for the first court hearing for Dylan Roofs on Friday.
The first thing on their lips was not vengeance or even justice. The first words on their lips were mercy and forgiveness. Martyrs, in the most ancient sense of the word, bearing witness to the gospel of Christ. telling the wind and the sea to be at peace, to be still. Can we step into that faith with them and stand with them for a hopeful future? Honor the dead, safeguard the living, and show forth the love of Christ given to us to offer for a world in need. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.